this is Casual Battle. beautiful individual welcome back to the show this is bc babbles and you're enjoying the latest episode of casual babble the delve into the entrepreneurial lifestyle and culture now i've got quite the special guest today who promises to make this particular episode unique to say the least (laughs) (laughs) that person is me drake jens what's going on everybody it is delightful to be with you here today. This is another episode of Casual Babbles with the one, the only, BC Babbles. And I am the special guest, Drake Jens, the CEO and owner of Thin Team Business Consulting. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited for today's episode, and let's dive right into it. I was going to say, that was like really strong, and then you chose the wrong sound effect for that. I did, I did. So welcome, Drake Jens, to the, if I can find it correctly, there we go. Welcome, Drake Jens, to the show. Thank you for joining me on a Friday. Um, someone was a, a tad late for a Friday. Someone was a tad late for the Friday, so but it's okay. I forgive him. business meetings this morning. He is. This is the only, you're 23, you're still, right? 24 now? 24. 24 now. Yeah. You hit the bird, the big, the bird, the big T4 and this dude has already been through his first freaking acquisition, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah. But yo, it's freaking Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> Friday. It's fry cold. It's it's frio outside. It, el tiempo has more frio. That's for certain. It's so cold. And my house has no heat. We learned that the hard way two nights ago. <laughs> I think that's more appropriate. Uh, but yeah, no, we found that out the hard way. I was, we were like, woke up. And I'm the kind of person who will have a fan on him, even in the winter, because I have got like plush blankets. It's always comfy. Same way. But I woke up and I'm like, damn, yo, it's like it's like cold, cold. It's like even these two plush blankets aren't quite doing it kind of cold. So walked around the hallway, looked at the thermostat. It's 58 degrees in the house. Oh, I was oh, like, oh no, good. this this doesn't work for two chihuahuas in a Labrador. <laughs> We probably need to figure out how to fix this. Uh, so I, my brother and I started trying to mess with it. The thermostat's, um, what's called like a igniter or whatever it is, not working. It's not taken. So no heat in the house. We had to make use of, I don't know why we have this like old, like, uh, uh, what, what are they used to be called? Things that sat against the walls in like the 70s. Like a uh, space heater? Not a space heater. They were called like a... Uh, not a boiler, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the metal, no, 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 not the fireplace. It's like the, like the metal contraption with like the bars on it. Oh my God. I'm like, is a a boiler? Yeah. Kind of like a boiler, but we have like this boiler vintage style room heater. It's, uh, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So thankfully we, we, for whatever reason have one of these old timey style things. So I've used that to keep warm, but yeah, it's been fun the past two days with it being, we got quite the cold snack for Halloween, and it's it's sticking around so far. What did you dress up for Halloween as? I did not because I've been <laughs> so focused on everything else. I had nothing. I had nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I had to make. And plus, here's the thing. Here's here's the hard truth of it all. My neighbors don't care for me for Halloween. I'm not the one that they they come looking for. It's my younger brother who dresses up as Michael Myers <laughs> that the that the neighborhood comes for. And let me tell you how bad this is. Okay. I have people, first of all, when he did, he, when he wasn't there last year, because he had moved out, finally, 
all anyone asked for. All the kids. We're talking like people, little kids asking for, where's Michael Myers? I said, he's not here. He don't care. <laughs> he, don't, he don't care no more. And then this right. year, we're, get, we're finally getting a pool put in the house. And I had some random dude I've never met before come pick up pavers that we used to have for our backyard fireplace or fire pit. And as we're loading these into his F-150, he's like, yo, is this the house with Michael Myers in it? And here's the kicker. He doesn't live in the neighborhood. He does not. He is his parent, his father and mother-in-law live in the neighborhood. <laughs> they they bring that. their kids awesome. to their to his in-law's That's house awesome. on Halloween. Yeah. That's how he knows. So I'm like, obviously they don't care. Yeah. My brother was there this year, so they got their funds out of that. Nice. But yeah, yo, I am a little flabbergasted this morning too because I 100% uh, charged both camera batteries uh, for today because it's like, hell yeah, Drake Shen's going to be in here. It's going to be a good show. Got to make sure my camera's got the juice. And then I plug it in before you get here. 55%. Ah. What's that about? I just wish, my, my simple ask to the universe is, can you be a bit more timely on technology's untimely ineptitude? I hear that. This Work casual with us a babble is going to have to be more casual and more babble. It's more scheduled, <laughs> please. I, like, I would like an itinerary for these kind of mishaps. But fair, that's we're fair. smooth anyway. We're good. We're good to go. So Drake Jens... Probably the most accomplished 24-year-old outside of any kind of TikToker influencer I've ever met. Because this dude is doing the shebang up here in the Queen City. Now you're still you're still a recent transplant to the yes. mar- to the market because you were year and a half here. Year and a half. Yeah. You and I bumped into each other randomly in May yes. for Charlotte Innovation Week. Yes. Um but yeah, you were still kind of feeling around a little bit. Not yeah. to make that sound weird. No, I was but, I was here for about a I don't know. Months, yeah, at that point in time. So now you're fully kind of nested, got your spots, and you've been doing the damn thing. We're, we're, yes, we're, 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 we're going for it. We're doing it. Um, Is that an overstatement? Yeah, (laughs) I mean, we're, we're going for it from a professional side of things, personal side of things, um, getting plugged in with the community, yeah, getting plugged in with friends, people, organizations, um. As well as from a professional side, getting to know who's who, you know, how can I, how I can best support this Charlotte ecosystem, yeah. entrepreneurs in the space, business owners in the space, as well as kind of who does what, who do, who does who does what, um, who can I partner with, who can yeah. I provide resources to. So there's all these different types of things where I'm still getting plugged in. It's it's a never ending thing because Charlotte people come in, come out. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's really understanding the ecosystem, who's who, and and how I can best support them right now. Right. And for us, we got another big thing coming up. We got Global Entrepreneurship Week mm-hmm. in yeah. two weeks, I think it is now. Soon. Ooh, for very soon. The marketing for that's been fun. Ah, yeah. <laughs> marketing yeah. for that's been fun. Yeah, I'm excited um, for that. Do you want to hype up any specific events that are going to be going on during that week? Honestly, I couldn't I couldn't pick right now. They all look so interesting. Granted, a lot of them are still kind of pretty far out in my field, but just like the scope of it has me very excited. And I'm hoping I can kind of cancel all my other meetings that I would typically have that week so I can just go to events and call that work. We'll work on that. (laughs) (laughs) I love meeting meeting with people, man. It's fun. Add it on top of it. Double down. Really, yeah, double down on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, this man, brand new to Charlotte, we had the, um, what was it called, Talent Jam back in May. (laughs) This yeah. dude had no problems yeah. getting up there and presenting himself to the world, to the market. Uh-huh. Fun, fun time. And you made you made the final cut 
of the recap video that I made for that event. Yes, yes. So, I mean, that's a plus, plus, plus for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Now all of LinkedIn has seen you. We're, we're on LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, that. I, I'll attribute that to my mama. You know what I mean? Impromptu, <laughs> impromptu speech classes, all these different <laughs> types of stuff. So I was never that guy, but... Um, in high school, I quickly became that guy just because of classes and doing public speaking at you know, church, youth group. I was the MC, so the hype hype master. Um, so I've, I've learned to love public speaking. Yeah. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. And it's really a great opportunity to talk to people about what's on your mind. And we had that uh, the Huga, Huga Zero Day the other day. Yeah. So going yeah. up there and just kind of uh, improv 10 minutes, talk about whatever you want. That, stuff like that is really fun because yeah. you can talk about what's on my mind, what's on my heart. And share that in a concise manner to other people. Because sometimes it's scattered, it's all over the place. So it's really a great opportunity to take what's on my mind, what's on my heart, what I'm thinking about, condense it into a digestible format, <clears throat> and then share it with people yeah. and let them think about similar things that I'm thinking about. So what are the typical things you like to think about? What are the what other topics that ruminate in the Drake Jen's <laughs> mindscape on the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, you know, I I constantly have to think about money. I'm a fractional CFO, right? So I constantly have to think about money, cash flow, dollar cents. I'm thinking about that all the time. Yeah. Um, but really, it's it's what drives those types of things, and there are a lot of things. And most typically, it looks like people, right? Outside of my typical day-to-day -day work, it's how do I love and care and respect and honor people, my clients, their employees, and my employees. I think about that regularly, man, because I think it makes a huge difference. I think it matters a lot, and I think, and that's similar to what I shared in the zero day. It's, I think that is competitive advantage. How you care for your people, how you love them, how you serve them is a competitive advantage in your business, and I really believe that. So I think about ways constantly. How can I do that with my employees, with my clients, their employees, and I think about how I can do that with my friends too. Yeah. Okay. Like if oh you need help moving, like let me let me serve you in that way. Just because it takes the focus off of me, it takes the focus off the dollars and the cents. Because mm -hmm. I think really focusing just on that is um, it's it's not super fun all the time, right? It's great. I love thinking about those things. Yeah, but thinking about it all the time is just um, I, I think it's a lot for anybody because then your mind is focused just on that and like where where your treasure is, mm -hmm. right? There your heart will be also. So if you're just focused on the money, you're gonna right. put all your efforts, all your time into more of that. Really, that. Is that what matters at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Yes, it matters a lot. But there's so much else that flows into that. There's so much else that influences that. And I think people are one of the top things. So I think about that, business, a lot of other things, including investing, reading, cooking, working out, exercising. I love baseball. So all those different things flow into it. But that's typically what I'm thinking about regularly. You've definitely got the whole life as a multifaceted experience thing down pat. And I appreciate that very heavily. There's a lot that's going on. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot there's that's going a on. There's a lot that's going on. Yeah. Yo, yo. Well, talk about. So you're you're the finance guy. You're my you're my at, at this point in history, I have deemed you my finance guy. I mean finance. Yeah. F okay, finance I, uh, guy. I like to put the fun in finance. You like to finesse that particular <laughs> saying a lot too. Is what I'm getting the notion. I, I was. Of. I just wanted to do that. That was so fun. That was the sole. That was the sole purpose. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, you, so you, as my finance guy, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta know. So when you're, when you're kind of growing up in this age where everyone is kind of at the, the mindset of like a quick money grab, mm, you know, what's yeah. the quickest means of satisfaction. And granted, sometimes it's for 
purely materialistic purposes. Other times it is for people who just don't know how, to, how else to make money, whatever it is. But how do you, you know, growing up in this particular day and age, find yourself drawn towards the realm of finance as more of a business management, methodically approaching that realm? It's very hard. Let me set the stage too a little bit. Please <clears throat> do. We like a good setup. For, I don't know, for so many young people, right? We'll just say 30, 30 are younger. Um, uh, there's so many get rich quick schemes. There's so much with investing, trading, just timing the market, and really just short term like day trading. And I think a huge reason that is is many young people are used to instant gratification. And that's not just a, oh my gosh, young people do this, that, and the other thing. It's that's how that's how the the environment they're in breeded them to be right with immediate likes, immediate comments. Now with you invest, usually you had to wait a couple days for things to close or things to execute. You call your broker, you're like, hey, put in this trade. Then you get confirmation a day or two later. And now on Robinhood or any other thing, right? you place the trade, it's almost immediately filled as long as you start orders. So now there is all these environments that are pushing towards do it now. It's immediate response, immediate feedback, and... I think that's a huge reason people are focused on the right now, immediate stuff. And I don't think it's young people. I think it flows through that the entire economy and through the entire like cultural ecosystem. There, yeah. And how that influences us now is things like GameStop, Robinhood, like people just trade quickly and they're looking for these ways to get rich because they watch their parents and they're working for 50 years to retire. They work the same job. They work nine to five plus right. on either end. And... They don't want to do that, right? And I like I understand that, which is the reason why investment turnovers increase so much, which is the reason people take out credit card debt now and why credit card debt is rising. And now delinquencies on auto loans and credit cards are increasing is because people are looking for that short term, I want to buy this car, I want to do this thing. And they're taking out debt, living an unsustainable lifestyle to do it. And frankly, it really is upsetting to me. It's It's, it's difficult for me to watch because I know that Really, wealth is built over the long term. Finances are built over the long term. And really, if you delay the short-term gratification of buying XYZ thing or right. investing in XYZ thing, if you delay the gratification of selling a stock after a month, and if you just hold it for 12 months, mm -hmm. your tax rate will be way lower. So <clears throat> there are all these forces, right, that are like, right. do it now, do it quickly, do it. And really now, competitive advantage is just having a longer-term mindset. Right. Wealth is not built overnight. You know, if you build wealth overnight, what if you, like, there's a higher probability you lose it overnight just because of the way that you would live in that case. So really it's about the long term. Mm -hmm. It's about having that longer term time horizon, what matters. And at the end of the day, when you sit down and write your goals, the next five months is like huge, but it, the five, 10, 15 year plan matter way more. So I'm very focused on that. Yeah, and it's really quite the dissonance too. That like you think that most of these people who do end up kind of going in when they get the funds available to them, and then they live incredibly, as you said, uh, unsustainably as they do. Mm -hmm. You'd think that they would remember, like, yo, the reason that you're trying to get this get rich quick scheme is because you know that right now things are not working for kind of the typical working man, right? Right. Well, what's interesting actually is in 2020. When COVID happened, there was a lot of stimulus in the economy, just both monetary and fiscal st stimulus, which is low interest rates. People could buy houses for less. People could buy cars for less. Just money was cheaper, <clears throat> as well as 
um, fiscal stimulus, which was people got paychecks, people got extra stuff, businesses got PPP loans. So there's all this money flowing into the system and money and capital was really cheaper to get. So there's all this excess cash and people's savings, the savings rates for the normal US consumer went way up. It spiked to a lot. And now that savings rate is way down. People are spending, they're saving way less because they had all this excess cash from COVID and they're like, okay, like I'm not going to spend it. And now that things are going on, now that things are happening, they're spending way more. And you have Taylor Swiftonomics, right? Which is just like <laughs> people are spending crazy money on her, her tickets for a concert. And it's because they had so much excess cash and savings saved up during COVID. And right. now they're like, okay, like I had all that excess stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend it now, right? So there's all this, you know, girl math, boy math, whatever. Recently, <clears throat> there's fine. also dog math. I, I, uh, I... I, I don't understand girl math. <laughs> I don't understand boy math. I, I don't get it. But um, I think that's some of the some of the thinking as to why people are okay with spending more now, even when they can't afford it, because it's become very common. Yeah. And I think given what happened with COVID and people having so much excess cash, like you know, I have all this saved up. I'm just gonna go ahead and spend when there's so many economic headwinds influencing them right now. So it's it's you know it's. It's fascinating. It's difficult for me to watch. Um, it's difficult for me to watch companies go under. It's difficult for me to watch delinquencies on credit cards, auto loans increase. And it's difficult for me to watch housing prices start to fall too. And really how expensive it is to buy a house because I know that impacts my friends, my family, and really most people in the economy. And this is all stuff that was done kind of artificially just mm-hmm. through different programs of the Fed government um and i don't get political right but that's that's just how things happen so the inflation issue where people can't afford the higher cost of living yeah is a result of that additional money that was given out during covid from the federal reserve via lower interest rates as well as paychecks ppp loans that's those are all inflationary things so now the fact that we're doing inflation and living costs being higher and increasing mm-hmm. at a faster rate than wage costs, yeah. that is not a shock to me, given what's been going on in the system. And really, the money that people should have saved should have been gone towards those higher inflationary costs as opposed to going towards living. So right. some additional thoughts, some additional context there, but yeah. But we have that dissonance, and so that's not at the forethought at all. It's just, and that's, that's when you really kind of ponder it, it becomes quite the frustrating concept because these aren't secretive things. These aren't secretive um, elements that kind of work against people on the day to day. So it's like, yo, why don't you just like save up? Like, cause here's what I love to see. Tay Tay. Sure. <laughs> what I love to <laughs> see queen B. Sure. Am I going to drop five grand, five figures for it? No. Would it be awesome? Sure. Uh-huh. Will I pay that? No. <clears throat> yeah. Granted, I don't save well enough for me to ever be able to afford it, but mm-hmm. yeah. It's um I keep thinking about this word in our conversation. I I kept thinking about this, but this this word contentment, right? Mm-hmm. Contentment is so difficult. It's so difficult to really wrap your head around, but then it's even more difficult to be okay with, right? Yeah. I, I bought a business for the first couple of months, all my cash flow was going towards paying off that business. Yeah. I had to be okay and I had to be content with the fact that this is the choice I made, and I'm going to run this with very little overhead, very little little living expenses, and I'm going to do what I need to take care of myself. But from there, like 
I'm capping myself out. I have to be content with not, yeah. you know, buying the motorcycle I really want or buying the new office chair. Oh, I want. Jesus. Like, Drake Jen's on a motorcycle. How, <laughs> how, how can I be content with that right now? Yeah. And I think that contentment piece, that's really the word I, I want to describe what's going on. There's little contentment right now in the world, and it's very difficult to have contentment because you really have to start with the end of mind. There are all these different catchphrases you could use, but unless you know what you're living for and unless you know what your goals and objectives are, how will you be able to be content with not getting everything you want right now? How can you be content with that? You know, our parents didn't give us dessert until we ate dinner first. How are we content eating dinner and then having dessert afterwards? It's because we know it's better for us. And not buying a motorcycle right now, I know is better for me because <clears throat> I need to invest in this business. I need to grow this business. I need yeah. to hire people, right? I need to do this. I need to, I need to invest in automation. I need to invest in AI. I need to invest in these different things. So how can I be content with living on a lower salary, living on a lower income level, yeah, and instead focusing on how I can serve my clients better, how I can focus on growing this business more, and how can I can focus on serving my employees well and taking care of them. And mm-hmm. this is not this is not a message to say, hey, entrepreneurs out there, pay yourself nothing. That's not right. what I'm saying. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is be content with what you have, focus on growth, invest in it, and see where you want to go, see what your goals are, and Focus on that because when you do that, when you have your goals in mind, you're working towards those things after a year, two, three, four, five years, it's going to make a huge difference, especially if you're able to spend less and invest that in what your goals actually are. Yeah. Now, how did you, how did you come upon this, this concept of contentment at so young? And I don't mean to say that as though I'm super old, but I'm only 30. But how did you, how did you, come upon the moment where you realized this was something you needed to teach yourself yeah well yeah it's kind of a <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a and not I taught myself it's something I had to learn I remember an undergrad I mean I was a finance guy I graduated in two and a half years and I, I like I pushed super hard my you know my professors my friends I pushed super hard in undergrad to learn yeah. finance and I did a lot of investing <clears throat> and I was always thinking about I invested my personal funds and I'm thinking about how I can make more money from investing. And I remember what happened is I was invested in energy stocks. And what happened is it was a double black swan event, which is basically something that like never happens. Mm-hmm. There was COVID and there was the Russia and Saudi Arabia pricing war with oil. And my investments took an absolute L. Like it went down so much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I not smart? Am I not competent enough? And it was really because I was so focused on making money that not making money and losing money, even though I didn't sell, and I ended up selling that position for a gain after like two, three years, that felt like a failure to me. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Why is that case? It's because I was just focused on money. I was focused on making money, right? And there are a lot of things I think about, specifically pertaining to the fact that I've come into this world with nothing. And at the end of the day, I'm probably going to leave it with nothing, right? You can't take your money with you when you like... (sighs) But when you podcast on a budget... (laughs) <laughs> that is the one thing I've grown content with is podcasting on a budget. I'm not fully content, obviously, but I'm there for a little bit. Yeah. It's what we do. It's like it's contentment with what you have right now with a goal or objective in mind as to where you want to be and yeah. what you want to have. A camera that doesn't run hot. That's my ob- that's my objective. Yeah. That's that's a good objective. Save Sponsors for it. and cash flow will be great, but for <laughs> now I'm down for just a camera that does not overheat yeah. after recording for 20 minutes. Yeah. 
pay for it. You know what I mean? But let's hop back into you're talking about that double swan, double black swan event. Yeah, with yeah, your, yeah. yeah. So it's ha- so that was that happened. I was like, okay, I am so just, am I a failure? Do I not get this? What's the deal? And I learned a ton through that event, but yeah. really it was during that time where I was like, my professors were talking about it. And I'm like, oh, I'm so dumb. Like, I can't believe I didn't see this. But that, and really, it's not true because it was still a great investment. It still ended up, ca- it's cash flows a lot. Right. right? It, I sold it for a profit. And I, you know, I have another position in it that I re entered in that I'm, I think is out of profit right now. So it's, it's, it's a learning lesson. And we have those learning lessons throughout time. But it was really my focus on money. And at, like I was saying, I, I don't, I don't think we leave this world with money in the bank account, right? It doesn't matter what we have at the end of the day. So my goals are financial related, but at the end of the day, in the big picture, um, I've come into this world with nothing. I'm going to leave with nothing. Right. And if I have food and clothing, my essential, my essentials, right? I'm like, I need to be content with those things. Um, And I think there is a significant gain and a significant benefit to be content. And learning that was extremely difficult for me. And I'm still, it's just not a, I'm always content. I'm always content. I really <laughs> want a motorcycle, right? But it's how can every day, I, at every moment, I'm like, okay, I have this decision to make. How can I be content with that? And it's knowing the goals, knowing that at the end of the day, like, it's not going to matter. It's how I can influence and really just how I can serve and love people well. That's what matters at the end of the day. Um, so, uh, like, <clears throat> that was a huge learning thing for me. That was right. a huge growth thing for me. And it was extremely painful. Our best learning opportunities are typically the most painful ones. Fair. But Very I true. learned a lot in that. And it was a struggle ever since then, like running a business, working in banking, like all these different things. It was very difficult uh, because it's all it's all money-based. It's all how much, how can I maximize my income-based? But sure. um, I really have to, I have to take a different approach. I have to take a different approach or it goes from being about me, how I can grow my business. And instead of doing that, I want to say, how can I help my clients? How can I serve them? How can I help them reach their goals and help them maximize their cash flow? So at the end of the day, they can achieve their goals, which most frequently look like increasing free cash flow, um, not having having financial peace of mind and being generous, giving generously. So those are my thoughts there. But I could talk a lot about that. (laughs) I mean, we probably will. I've I've got suddenly an idea for for a new thing that'll happen momentarily, but. But I so coming into that and now now that you've transitioned to a place where you are serving other people, where you are facilitating this network communities around yourself, getting into your work, your day to day work, what are your some of the common missteps you see with people when it comes to either how they decide to approach finances, how they decide to try to um, build a system around it? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a difficult question. That's that's tough. I think most of the time, it most frequently looks like putting it on the back burner and putting finances on the back burner. And I've seen a lot of stuff that grinds my gears, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. just <clears throat> them taking out really bad debt. Like they don't plan for cash flow. They don't plan for expenses. They don't plan for taxes. So they end up taking significant amounts of debt out at a significant interest rate, sometimes up to 50% via certain uh, debt instruments. Yeah. And that is absolutely unacceptable, right? That is so bad. That will kill a business if you have to do that. Right. And, um, stuff like that is really, it's just not planning, not looking into your expenses and not forecasting out. And it's not just, it's not just like, Oh, I have enough cash in the bank now. It's like, I have this amount of cash in the bank right now. What am I going to spend? What am I going to invest in? 
what does that look like? And how can I plan and prepare for those expenses so right. that I am not suffering on the back end via taking out terrible debt or via raising equity and giving away like most of my business? How like how can I prepare and plan for these things strategically mm-hmm. so that I can invest and I can invest based on what I can afford given my expenses, given what I want to do? So right. I, I that's that cash flow management is one of the hardest things in business from a finance perspective and it's one of the things i see most business owners struggle with because i spend most of my time on that most of my time is spent on that that's where i can add the most value and it's extremely difficult to do well because it takes a lot of excel takes an extreme amount of knowledge into debt and expenses and what your revenue is going to be and there are a lot of question marks there that i don't like you have to spend time figuring out and yeah. I don't think most business owners should spend tens of hours figuring that out because they need to run their business. They need right. to generate cash. They need to go do business. Um, and that's where fractional work comes in. Yeah, like shameless plug. That's that's <laughs> that's what the point is. That's 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 the point, right? We help with bookkeeping. We'll make sure your books are clean. We're gonna make sure that you're like do pricing correctly. We're gonna yeah. make sure you have enough people. We're gonna make sure you're paying them fairly. But right. really, at the end of the day, it's cash flow management how can we help you make more cash flow and manage it well like that's that's the goal so you're doing this now through um you mentioned this earlier fin team business consulting business consulting how how did you come upon that i know you've told me before but it's been so long since we've gone over that story yeah but how did you happen upon it and what what brought you to the decision of oh i'm gonna buy this company (laughs) and take on everything that comes with it yeah man so let let me think where to start when i was a freshman my uncle gave me my uncle cfa president at a bank like love that guy he's awesome he's so (laughs) cool i'm like oh you're so cool uncle tommy and i was thinking and and i'm like one day i asked him like what is your big if you had to go back and start your career again what is your biggest piece of advice and he was like i would buy my own company i'm like whoa what type of advice is that like nobody's giving me that advice but you would buy your own company what tell me more about that how does that make sense what and uh yeah like he would like go back to undergrad i graduate buy my own company here's the reason why Uh the reason why is you learn grow and develop so much when you buy your own company like i have to figure out all this stuff figure out tax business structure like corporate structure how i'm going to get revenue how i'm going to manage that revenue how i get client like hiring people Uh you have to manage everything Everything, you own the business, so you have ownership over every part of the business, which helps you learn, grow, and develop so much. And at the end of the day, yes, we learn through school, classes, whatnot, but some of our greatest learning opportunities are in real-world experiences and just figuring it out. Business is a series of problem-solving events where you have to constantly solve problems, and you learn based on solving those problems. So yeah, I learned a lot from the CFA. Yeah, I learned a lot from undergrad, grad school. But man, I'm learning so much more through running this business. So he gave me that advice as a freshman. Yeah. And ever since then, I'm like, guys, I want to buy my own business. <laughs> so I'm it's almost kind of like loan. I'm going to buy my own business, oh and I have no goodness. idea what that looks like, but I know I want to do it. <laughs> so it's almost like college wishes they had a crash course like this experience. Um, like, like no, here's the thing. This is not for everybody. This is not for the fan. This is one of the most intense professional things I've done. This is so hard. It's incredibly stressful, mm-hmm. and if you if you let it get to you, it's it's anxiety inducing. So thus right? far, how are you finding the risk reward ratio? It's so fun. It's so fun, dude. <laughs> it's I was so built fun. for this. I love like I throw me in. Throw. Me, I want to learn, develop, and grow. Uh-huh. I love it. 
like if I'm bored, like I had a corporate job. So like I was like, well, how I want more. I want to learn and grow right. and develop. I want to be so I want to be extremely challenged. Right. Because in those challenges, I grow the most, I develop the most. And at the end of the day, like those challenge me as a person, right? Who am I? Am I walking in integrity? Am I walking in excellence? How can I do that better? Right. So I'm I'm regularly focused on those things and I love it. So that's the advice he gave me. I reached out to a couple company and I said, if I don't get a job at undergrad, I'm going to go ahead and buy a company. I went into grad school and I said the same thing. I did get a job, but yeah. Yeah. So how this ended up happening is I worked for FinTeam during COVID. Yeah. So during COVID, I'm like 20, 21, and I'm managing a company's finances during <laughs> COVID. So I'm building like cash flow models. I'm yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Like if your, re- if your revenue does this, Here's how this is going to impact your bottom line. Do you need to get financing? Do you need to get like debt, equity? Do you need to cut expenses? What does that look like? And I was right. just going crazy on their on their finances. I'm like I'm, I'm like 20 years old. I'm like right. yeah, this is this is awesome. I love this. <laughs> so um, I started doing this work freelance beginning of the year, and I reached back out to the owner Jamie Reynolds. Shout out Jamie Reynolds, you're awesome. And um, I reached back out to him and he's like, oh yeah, like I'm getting out of the business. I'm going to go work for my biggest client. And I'm like, oh cool. Like I'm getting into the business. That's interesting. And he's like, well, do you want to like, you want to like run this business for me? And I'm like, that'd be cool. But like, I'd rather buy it from you. So, (laughs) so he took a month, about a month and a half, Uh wrote up the docs. I came from banking. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to close this thing and I'm going to write up all the docs for it. I feel confident in my abilities to do that, structure this well. So we did seller financing and uh, ended up closing in May. (sighs) So fun. So fun. So new goals, buy a business and then buy a motorcycle. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, the thing is, is though, is that this is so stressful. Like the nine to five job or corporate job is for a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. Because uh, the question to ask yourself is, do you want to go through all the like experiences, hardships? Do you want to go through the really the, just the trials? Right. Are you ready to embrace the punch in the face that you're about to receive by being a small business owner? Are mm-hmm. you ready? Like you're, you're literally going to get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for it? Are you ready to for the adversity? Are you yeah. ready to be challenged not only as a professional but as a person? Are you ready for that? Because right. if not, like that's that's okay. That's yeah. that's all good. And um, and if you are, like I was for years, send it. Go for right. it. Like there's no greater development experience in business, no greater learning experience than running your own business, buying your own business, running it. And like I don't know everything. I tell my clients, I'm like, I don't know everything. This is what's in my wheelhouse. And I'm going to try to, I'm going to learn with you. I'm going to grow with you. Yeah. And I'm never going to stop learning. I'm never going to stop growing because I love doing this. So I'm very upfront about that. I am fine with people knowing that. I don't know everything. And the thing is, is that I think having that humility helps me learn things faster because I know I don't know everything. And that took a lot for me to get to that point. It's very difficult. And I don't always want to have that mentality, but I have to. Right. It helps me learn and grow more. So I'm going to stop talking now. One of the things I look to talk about on the show is... Imposter syndrome. Mm, nice. And let me first preface by saying that I I never heard the term fractional <laughs> until this year when I got my first two clients. And now I cannot not hear the term fractional something or other. Right. And granted, I thought fractional at first was just for like chief officer roles, but apparently it's even just your other managerial roles as well. Yeah. So that and being new to the whole fractional kind of vibe that I feel like is a 2023 creation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like a fancy term for gig economy. Fair. Right? Very fair. Yes. 
So as a fractional, so coming, so coming into work as a fractional CFO at a company that you started working with when you were 20, was there any, at any point a need to kind of like disabuse yourself of any kind of like CFO, you think of like chief officer positions, it's the high ranking, super corporate stuff, a whole like, it's like almost like a whole other world. At least that's how I see it sometimes. For you and coming into work with FinTeam and um, taking on that role, those responsibilities and growing into fractional CFO work, did you ever have an approach where like you had to bring it down to a relatable level for yourself or did you always approach it from like a very like fractional chief officers can be anybody kind of thing. Yeah, that's that. Let me, let me, I think I understand your question. <clears throat> Good. Cause I'm not sure I do. Let me, let me set the stage for all this. Yeah. There are these things in economics called economies of scale and scope. Scale yeah. is your big company, right? Right. If you have one marketing person in the whole company, it makes more sense for that company to have a hundred million in revenue versus a million in revenue because they're able to do more with the same amount of resources, right? right. So that's scale. Scope is being incredibly focused on one thing and being amazing at it, being the best there is at it. Right. And there's some companies that do that extremely well, right? And when I think about the gig economy, when I think about what's going on, this is really economies of scope. It's, it's having a scope or having work that you know you're really good at and that you focus in, you laser in on. And I think so many times employees... Um, they get dr- pulled in so many different directions. They're like, okay, do like account, you do like accounting, do the bookkeeping, do the HR, do marketing, do all these different things. And they're like, okay, but like I, I, I'm not, I don't, like I'm not good at all that, and I don't really want to do all that. So this is really a way for me to be like, I'm really good at this scope of services. I know yeah. I can add a lot of value here, and I know it's not a full time job across your company, but I, this is where I can add the most value. Right. And you're going to be paying less for it. Because I'm not going to be doing your, you know, like you probably don't want me doing your marketing. It's going to have a lot of motorcycles, a lot of explosions, some fireworks, and some bald eagles. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's going to have those things. So this is my way of saying I'm I'm good at these things. Yeah, I'm going to figure out the specific problems or specific issues because business is just a series of solving problems. But I'm going to focus in this area. Okay, that's to set the stage why I think gig economy is so huge and why the fractional space is blowing up because people are good at this set of services. They want to offer the set of services, and they don't want to do your marketing. Mm. You shouldn't have them do your marketing. You shouldn't have them do whatever your onboarding for cl- like new clients. You yeah. should have them do your bookkeeping, your tax, your, like your marketing. Right. H- hire someone that's good in that, that specializes in that. Right. And I think that's why it's blowing up. So your question is, okay, Drake, you're young, you're you know you're just figuring this out. You're still pretty new in the fractional CFO space. So like, how do you confront imposter syndrome? Do you ever feel like you need? to take a step back and and not, I guess, feel like you're out of your depth. Or question yourself too much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I constantly question myself. I constantly am asking myself questions. I'm constantly like, how can I figure this out? What does this mean? Like, why? I constantly ask myself why. There's a, there's a book called Process. Yeah. And it says, and it's an EOS book, Entrepreneur Operating System, and it says, ask how or what, I think. And it says, never ask why. Because you need to figure out the problem. It's like, how can I fix this? 
you know, what do I need to do to address the issue? And it's right. just never ask why. Right. And I'm constantly asking why. And the reason I'm constantly asking why, and I, <laughs> I just disagree with the book. Sorry, yeah. my clients who had me read that. Um, <laughs> I constantly, I disagree emphatically yeah. because I'm like, why? Why? Why is revenue decreasing? Why are margins contracting? Why is my cash flow budget looking like garbage? Why is this company taking on so much debt? I constantly am asking why, and that helps me figure out a lot of questions. That, yeah. that helps me answer a lot of questions. It identifies the things I don't know, so then I can go out and figure, like, solve the problem, solve the solution, and I can learn through that process. So um, imposter syndrome, no, I'm very confident that given an issue, I can understand it, I can wrap my mind around it, and I yeah. can find the solution, or I can connect you with someone who does know the solution. Yeah. So, like, no, I'm very confident that I'm going to work extremely hard for your company. I'm very confident that I'm going to do my best and pursue excellence in my work. That That is my commitment. I'm not right. going to say I know everything. I'm not going to say I've figured everything out. But, but you know, I'm going to figure it out. Like, yeah. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to figure it out. And if I can, I'm going to connect you with someone who can. That's, that's why I have confidence. That's why I don't struggle with imposter syndrome. It is daunting many times. Yeah. It is sometimes intimidating. I don't get really intimidated or scared very often because I'm very confident in what I'm able to do. And if that's not the right fit, that's fine. Right. Right. I'm okay with that. And I'm not the right fit for every company. That's fine. I have to be okay with that because I don't want to, you know, if it, if it doesn't help the client generate more cash flow, if I'm not going to be able to help them at the end of the day make their business better, we should not be working together. Period. End of question. End of story. Period. Um, that's it. You know, I have packages to help them do that, but that's it. So in terms of imposter syndrome, don't really feel like I struggle with that just because I know I don't know everything. I tell my clients I don't know everything. I tell them I'm going to figure out the things I don't know, and if I can't, I'm going to connect with somebody who can. Yeah. That has to be what it is because if I if I say outwardly I know everything, but inwardly I know I don't, and I know I don't know everything, then that's that's going to hurt my clients. Right. That's not good. Right. <laughs> that's exactly. not good. So I do understand imposter I do understand that a lot. And I think it's, it's so often it's just because of the mentality we have to have. We have a – Instagram, LinkedIn environment where mm. everyone is outwardly successful. Everyone is doing all these really cool things. Right. Everyone is achieving all these neat things, and it looks like they know everything. And maybe they do. I hope they do. That would be awesome. I'm like, yeah. do your thing. But, like, you know, they don't. <laughs> I don't think they do. And I think it's okay to say, look, I don't know this. I don't know this. I don't understand this. Can you repeat it to me? Like, yeah, I went to business school. Yeah, I went to undergrad. Yeah, like, blah, 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 blah. But no, I don't know everything. And I'm, I'm fine saying that. I'm fine telling you that. I'm going to yeah. figure it out. And really, if as long as you're willing to invest the time to figure it out and be humble enough to learn these things, like, that's, that's my mindset. That has to be my approach. Because I, I, cannot, I cannot be so prideful that I'm not doing what's in the best interest of my client. I can't be so prideful to say, this is how it's going to be, period, end of story. If there are any, like, why, why, mm -hmm. why, 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 this doesn't make sense, then I have to investigate those things regardless of whether I think it's correct or not. Yeah. It's a very fair response. Yeah. Is that <laughs> is that answering your question? No, it, it does that and more. And I think the, oh, cool. I think the other... <laughs> you said no, and I'm like, oh, boy. I just talked a lot in a day no. questions. So that's good. Uh, and more. Okay, great. great, great no, great. no, no, no. It, yes. it definitely did because it's... it's All right, enough of that. <laughs> the first correct one this entire time. Yes. Well, I feel like the intro wasn't bad. The intro was good. The intro was good. It was it was just kind of those other spattered moments where I'm like, almost. Give me another almost shot. Straight. Give me another shot. Give me another shot. Give you another shot. Spin that over man. here, and I'll go, I'll do some work. Right. And so I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to hear that because, and I obviously I and I and I take this quote, and I 
kind of live by. Oftentimes when we like uh, investigate someone's uh, goals, we kind of reveal our own kind of thing. Interesting. So, uh, so when I when I ask you those questions, it's definitely from a personal per- perspective. Uh, because I see you, and I see you got a lot of confidence. You got a lot of gumption. Got a lot of fervor, which I which I find very inspiring. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and I think I think part of it is just that you know you from what I've understood, you've had a very kind of direct approach to yourself professionally and like what you want to do professionally. I, I feel that kind of unless I unless I got skewed somewhere. I mean, it's looked like a lot of different things. My end goal has always been: I want to learn, develop, and grow as much as I can, and I want to help people manage their finances well, reduce like have financial peace right. of mind, and I want to help them live generously. And that looks like a lot of different careers. But to your point, yeah, right, I've always right. wanted to do finance. I've always wanted to play in spreadsheets. I love that. Right. Stuff. Whereas, in my from my more perspective, it's more like I've hopscotched around quite a bit, <laughs> and mm-hmm. this is more of a recent landing zone. But um. No, just like in just in being super introduced into this fractional sphere this year, it's just oh, it's just kind of like lots of questions pondering like how many people in in our age group who are approaching these fractional chief officer responsibilities. How many of us do experience and or find ways to circumvent echoes of imposter syndrome either either from the perspective of operating ability mm-hmm. or from the perspective of <clears throat> reputation i guess kind of like you know my thinking is how in earning respect from your industry your sphere uh, how many people would immediately kind of disvalue someone between our ages marketing ourselves in fractional chief work. Mm-hmm. When you consider typically those roles are for people in their forties or at least upper thirties and are kind of in these larger scale corporation kind of positions. And maybe that's just a me problem. Yeah. I don't like, I don't care. <laughs> this is gonna sound so, I don't care. Like so, I, I, I do not care about yeah. that. I can't care. This yeah. is, that's that sounds harsh. I cannot care yeah. what people's expectations are. Oh, you have to be bald. You have to have gray hair. I do not care. I, I it, it, it influences things. Yeah. It influences their perception of things, but I cannot care what their perception of a good CFO is. Yeah. I'm going to do my best. I know my scope of work. Mm-hmm. I know I'm good at it. I know that these services I offer, I'm going to crush it for you. Yeah. This is going to add immense value, and I'm going to help you so much with that. Yeah. I don't have 30 years of work experience. I'm not 30 years old. Like, I, that, that, no. Like, I've, right. been in this, I've been in the finance space since I was in high school, okay? Yeah. I don't have all this experience. And BC, I can't let other people's expectation of how much work experience, how, how old I am, what I look like, I cannot let that influence how I do my job, how I get clients, and how I pursue excellence. I prefer, rather, to set example for people in my conduct, in my speech, in my work and how I pursue excellence. Yeah. And if if they have a problem with how young I am, there's nothing I can do to change their mind. Right. There's nothing I'm going to do to change their mind. 
that's fine with me. I have to be okay with that. Yeah. I'm not the I'm not the CFO everybody wants. I'm not going to be a yes man. I'm not going to be the guy that comes in with 40 years experience and says, "Well, this is how I've always done it for 30 mm-hmm. years." That's that's not me. That can't be me. Yeah. That's that would be a lie if I say that's me, right? Right. That's that's not what it is. And uh, I say I don't care because if I let everyone else's perception of what a good CFO looks like, yeah. I'm never going to get new clients. I'm never going to grow. I'm never going to network. I went to this networking event last week. It was an M&A conference in town. And I'm do- I did that because some of my clients were going through M&A processes. Mm-hmm. And I was the youngest person by like 20 years. Mm. Did I care? Not really. I can, like, I keep up with them. I'm learning. I grow a lot. I met some awesome people there. It was fantastic. I'm so glad I went. Um, but it, like, People's perception of, oh, you run your own fractional CFO firm. How, how old are you? Like, yeah, I'm young. That's okay. Yeah. Like, if you if you want someone with a ton of experience, I'm not your guy. That's okay. If you want someone who's hungry, humble, and ready to go, ready to do all this data analysis and Excel work and use Python and, like, automation, if you want someone who does that, yeah, I'm your guy. 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. I'm going to hustle because I'm hungry, and I love this work. I'm going to be doing it for a long time. BC, I have no plans on updating my resume. So someday when I am the guy Preach. with 30 years of work experience, frankly, it's not going to matter that I have 30 years of work experience because the year, the number of the years of work experience I have has nothing to do with how much value I can add to clients and how I can increase, help them increase cash. It has nothing to do with that and has 100% with my perspective, the insights I have, the data I'm looking at, and really just wisdom. Right, I've 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 prayed for wisdom and knowledge, just like Solomon for years. You know what I mean? And right. I really like I, I I yearn for that, and it matters a lot to me to have both wisdom and knowledge because that that helps my clients so much. Right. I can have best practice, I can industry standard, but if I don't have that, I don't know how to apply it to my company. So I like my parents prayed for that for years. I pray for that. You know what I mean? And if there's anything you see, it's because that is not by coincidence. That's because I have I have prayed for that for years, and I've sought that for years. Yeah. Right? Seek wisdom like you would seek a fine jewel. Like, diamonds are sick, but I think wisdom has more value, and that's extremely hard to learn. And, yeah, I I'm, I'm, don't know everything, and I'm dumb sometimes, but, man, I, <laughs> I long for that wisdom and knowledge, you know what I mean? Just like uh, King Solomon, the, uh, what is it, like, BC a couple thousand years ago in Israel, he was the richest man ever. Like Queen of Sheba rolled up. Queen mm-hmm. of Sheba rolled up and she's like, Oh my gosh, like you're loaded. My dude. Like he's like, my guy. Like sheesh, you know what I mean? Like, whoa. Right. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, you know what it is. Um <laughs> so bad. But like for real, he had the like in 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 the old testament it says he asked for one thing. He's like, all right. The Lord's like, all right, Solomon, what you want? And he's like, give me wisdom and knowledge. And he's like, the Lord's like, all right, I'm going to do it. And, yo, that that was crazy for him. That was crazy. So if, if you know, if that happens to me, that's probably not the first thing I'd ask for, but I do ask for that regularly. So yeah. I think it's huge. That was a bit of a tangent, but a little bit. some, a little some bit. interesting perspective. But I feel like, you know, despite the tangent, it was a very Drake-style tangent. <laughs> It wasn't, while it was unexpected. She rode up and was like, shit. While it was an unexpected turn for the moment, I reflect on it, having it just happen. I'm like, you know what? That tracks for Jake Jens. Yeah, let's go. It does track. It does track. It does track. <laughs> now, I would be remiss if I didn't make sure we we talked on, we touched on one topic that is inescapable with you as oh, a boy. guest. 
it's it's your favorite word. Synergy. It's synergy. Let's go. I love synergy. I do realize that in the prep notes Just I sent you, I use alpha beta sim grind set to maximize <laughs> synergies. I'm getting synergized this morning with my boy BC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong one. See, there I go. I do realize in the no, it's this one. I do realize that in the <laughs> prep notes I sent you that I uh, used the word symmetry as opposed to synergy. But yes. That's on me. Yep. Synergy. Synergy. Talk about it. Syner- okay. What's your, Leah, what's your obsession with synergy? <laughs> it's not an obsession. It's a, it's a mindset. It's a grind set. Alpha, beta, sigma, gamma, grind set. You just had to make um, up a word. It's definitely obsession. So, <laughs> I actually have a coffee cup that says synergize, and I should have. I actually think I have it with me. Again, I say obsession. So synergies in the M and it's so it came from M and A, right? It's typically right. used in the merger and acquisition space right. when people are buying companies. And the synergies are to reflect two companies coming together <clears throat> and being more valuable together, realizing these economies of scale that we talked about. Yeah. Because you know you only need one HR department, only one marketing department. If you can cross sell, there's synergy there. So it's really two things or more coming together and being greater. So I use synergy so much because when two people come together, there should be synergy. Like a podcast with just me, without you, there's like, it's fine, but us two together is, and you by yourself is cool, but like together, it's a much better podcast. And I think that's synergy. And I really think, and this is maybe like my belief in humans and just how awesome people are. I love people. Like working together, you can create something better than you could achieve by your own. Yeah. And that's not just because if they did something on their own, if you did something on your own, it's still like the sum of those is great. Right. But together, working together, it's so much better. So I use synergy so much because I'm like, we're coming together as people and we're better because we're together. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. You know what I mean? So, like, two people together, you can create something better. And I, I use this in my description earlier, but if you like, you take two tectonic plates and they push up against each other. They they elevate each other and they create a volcano. And it's elevated. It's higher. Reminds me of Hawaii. Hawaii is just a bunch of tectonic plates realizing synergies. And like some volcanoes that are active, I'm referring to the dormant or extinct ones, right? So <laughs> if this is, you know, sometimes when two people come together, it does create an active volcano, which can create a hot mess at Pompeii. But Where my um, parents are right now, by the way. In Pompeii? Oh, yeah. They like to visit. Oh. Even though it's like massively overdue yeah i'm like great you better not call me while you're in the middle of like running away because yeah. i will hang up on you because <laughs> yes. i done told you before you left this continent don't do that yeah um so again like synergies two people come together to pursue something greater you know to do things better so would you say that's that has maybe the greatest impact on how you choose to facilitate your network? No, it's just a word I use to describe how I do things. <laughs> you know what? I get synergized. When I get synergized, it's two people doing something greater together. Okay. Okay. So I don't do it because I want to maximize synergy. It's because all this stuff matters. People matter to me. How I can love, respect them, honor them. That all matters to me, and I use synergies to describe that. You know, when you say that particular phrasing, it almost sounds like you're practicing your vows. Get synergized? No, what you said before that. <laughs> Granted, if you ever do use that in your vows, it would not surprise me, but... When you say, how can I... Hey, what's up, baby girl? I'd love to get synergized with you for life. I mean, till death do this part. Uh, <laughs> when you're over here like, how can I service them? How can I honor them? I'm like, are you preparing or, or something right now? Is this? Do we have to have another conversation no, right now? No, not, none of that going on. I, I just like, yeah, you should do that with your, your 
whoever your significant other is, but like it it ties to everyone, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Why should you not honor and respect someone just because they're not your significant other? I like I, I just don't think that sounds right. It doesn't. I, that that's not how I want to live. Like I'm not going to romantically love and serve everyone, right? But I am going to care for them. I am going to honor them. I'm going to try and serve them the best I can. And I'm yeah. not perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I just think that matters so much. But I think I think your approach to life is very admirable. Getting synergized? Yes. Yeah, getting synergized. Getting synergized. But I think also, like, and I really, there we go. There's the proper one. But I think also that I I think it's very, very, uh, I had the word a second ago. What word was I going to use? Admiral, I just used admirable. Very, it's very. Synergizing. It's. Synergistic? It's not. I don't want to use. First of all, synergistic is pushing it. Uh, no, I was going to say your your approach to yourself. I find very inspiring. There's a there's a better word that I'm lacking at the moment. I'll I'll figure it out in five hours when it doesn't matter anymore. It's very but synergizing. Uh, it's not synergizing. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. There's no S Y N in any of my vocabulary. That was a well timed. Synchronized. One. No, like like another word for inspiring. Basically, it's very. But but uh, what I'm trying to say, I, I love your approach to yourself. I really do. I and I find, huh, I find that I like when my guests help me realize how much I got to grow. Not to make it about myself, but I I think that there's a lot to learn from you, and I look forward to doing so. I appreciate that. So we can synergize. Oh, let's go! Yes! <laughs> right, this conversation's <laughs> fucking over. <laughs> Get synergized! Yeah. I appreciate that, though. Like, it's so, um, a lot of hard work, a lot, of, a lot of just tough things, man. I think our greatest learning lessons are getting punched in the face, but, man, anytime, more than happy to. Yeah. I think we'll have to call that the end of, to the casual babble real talk. With Let's go. Well, BC Babbles, it was a pleasure to be on today with a casual babble. It has been my distinguished honor, pleasure, and I am most enthusiastically excited to have an opportunity to get synergized with you. Let's go. If you're asking, <laughs> yes, he'll be back on the show. Have a good day. <laughs> Thank you.